Speaking of getting robbed, <laughs> Disney Plus Day. Yeah, what an utter disappointment for uh, Star Wars fans. In the in the words of Darth Maul, I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? I think, uh, yeah, I think Luke's lightsaber is genuinely my favourite design. My most memorable scene of him in the film is when he gets choked out by Vader. Important question of what would happen if a Wookiee and a Toy Dorian made a baby. Welcome to episode 32 of Live from Vader's Castle. As always, uh, you're joined by one half of your co- co-host, John Lee, and the other half being Dan Bofrey. How are you, Dan? Hello. I heard your dog barking there. See, see, he's popping onto the podcast as well. Yeah, he's desperate for a feature, but alas, <laughs> not this week. He's not making it on. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. I mean, I it's literally just like tipping it down here in a sunny Kent, so that's pretty peak what about you oh, we don't have any rain up here that's oh, where the good weather is up north cheated absolutely cheated down south it's been nice and warm unbelievable now you're getting robbed getting robbed um speaking of getting robbed <laughs> disney plus day yeah what an utter disappointment for uh star wars fans mm-hmm. i know that is a, a robbery i would say it's a good good choice of words there dan yeah, if you've been um, if you've been listening to our previous episodes, we had mentioned a couple times that our plan for this week was to dive into all the news and reveals and trailers from Disney Plus Day for our thirty second episode. Um, but there is none, so <laughs> plans have changed. <laughs> yeah, sadly, no trailers. I mean, just before we did this, I literally just googled. Star Wars, and then went on news to see if there's anything I just missed somehow. Um, no, there is nothing, and all there is is just Disney trying to flog us loads of stuff on their website about deals on Disney Plus Day. And that is literally it. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame because I mean, I wouldn't have been bothered if they had like never teased it, but they like specifically said like big reveals from Marvel and Star Wars, and then obviously Marvel had plenty. What well on Marvel, but Star Wars, the only thing they gave us was a year old. Obi-Wan Kenobi sizzle reel that leaks the day before and we'll talk briefly about it because you know it looks cool the concept art looks cool very excited for it but um don't promise us big things if you're not going to give us anything like they didn't even you know give us dates for next year's shows I thought they might announce a new show no nothing so um if you're a Marvel fan you probably enjoyed Disney Plus Day which we are so we did enjoy that aspect of it but I was hoping for Star Wars and we got Naffle. So um, last week we said in the mouse we trust. This week the mouse is on the naughty step. We don't trust the mouse this week. Hopefully next week he'll, <laughs> he'll get back in the good books. Yeah, we've been betrayed by the mouse. <clears throat> the mouse has let us down there, which is rather disappointing, I think. Yeah, because I think the Obi-Wan trailer was the thing that everyone was kind of anticipating for Disney Plus Day, um, especially with the leaks, yeah, as you said, the day before. So I was an- anxiously anticipating, not even like much of a trailer or anything, just like something along the same lines as like the Moon Knight one, which was like for Marvel, which was like 30 seconds long. Like that would have that would have at least kept me happy or something. We, we didn't even get that. So yeah, a bit disappointed, but hopefully in a couple of weeks' time. I'm kind of just assuming they plan, maybe plan to do it, but then just couldn't meet like the, de- the deadline for editing or something. I don't know. Yeah, I have a feeling they changed their mind because... 
at the end of like the Disney Plus Day announcements, they showed this video which had like all the images of all like the shows that they either announced or like gave updates on, and they had like Bad Batch season two and or Book of Boba Fett and Obi Wan Kenobi. Like all their images were there, but we heard nothing about them. So to me, that suggests that the plans changed last minute. Um, I don't know why. I don't know if they're like because like 2022 is going to be a massive year for Star Wars. So I don't know why they didn't take advantage of this. So unless it's because they wanted to save it to do something bigger than like just Lucasfilm on their own, or if, I don't know, who knows, but we, we didn't get much. We did get the sizzle reel for the Obi-Wan Kenobi, um, which is just the sizzle reel that they released on the investors day for investors only. And if you were, you know, me and John or any member of Joe Public watching it last year, you wouldn't have been able to see it. Um, so it was nice to see that. But I mean, all that really did was just confirm what we already knew, which was Ewan's back, Hayden's back. They're going to fight. Um, Obi-Wan Kenobi looks a little bit older. Like the concept art does look cool and it, it does get me hyped for the show, but I'm already massively hyped for Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't need concept art. I need a trailer. I need a bit of music. I need... Hugh McGregor saying hello there. And um, that's all I needed. And I didn't get it, sadly. So, you know, long story short, we're excited for Kenobi. But um, in the in the words of Darth Maul, I was hoping for Kenobi. Why are you here? And by you, I mean a sizzle reel. <laughs> yeah, I did see that, uh, that meme come out immediately on like TikTok and Twitter and things. This is like the day after the Disney Plus day. So that was... The only bit of Star Wars content I actually enjoyed video-wise on the, on the time around Disney Plus Day, but alas. I mean, the um, the concept art pictures are cool. It's a shame that we've had to wait a year um, for them just because we haven't got shit tons of money to throw at Disney. Um, but they are cool. I'll, I'll give them credit for that. They, they, are, they have me intrigued. Yeah, yeah. The show definitely looks epic, um, and I am excited. It's nice to see, like, you and McGregor being excited about working with Hayden again. Like, that's quite wholesome. So, um, and it's nice just to know that that show is definitely real and definitely happening because, you know, it's almost too good to be true, but it is happening and it is coming. So we've just got to be patient to wait for that trailer whenever that trailer might arrive. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know. I'm a shit. I can imagine what Disney are going to do is then just, uh, do it at the Super Bowl. That's like the next big. An advertisement thing in America, isn't it? The Super Bowl. So yeah, true. I reckon there's been some shady deals in the background that mm. have been like you have to show it, but you have to do it on like the biggest American advertising space in in the year. I reckon that's that's my shady suspicions. Yeah, I mean, I think Obi Wan Kenobi will be like the biggest TV event of like probably since Game of Thrones finished. So I do think they obviously want to make sure they're marketing it correctly and building hype at the right time. So I can understand that's probably in the same way that Spider Man at the moment, it's like people don't know when trailers are coming, and clearly Sony and Marvel don't know how to market the film because it's such a huge deal. Timing is everything. So I do get it, but you know, don't put out a tweet saying. Star Wars fans, are you excited for Disney Plus Day? And then give us a one-minute sizzle reel and then a Boba Fett documentary, which I haven't seen yet. And it actually does look quite interesting, so I will watch it. But it's not revealing anything new. You know, us, us podcasters need news. We need announcements. <laughs> so we have things to talk about. 
Yeah, very true. I mean, uh, was it was it the Disney Plus day when uh, it was announced Boba Fett was coming to Fortnite? Or was that a different time completely? <laughs> to be honest, I think that news actually did come out on the exact same day. So we got more reveals from Fortnite than we did from Lucasfilm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Boba Fett coming to Fortnite, Christmas Eve, what an announcement. Huge. Oh, and Fennec Shand <laughs> as well. I've got to save up my V-Bucks mm. now so I can get both of them. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I'm going to use my, uh, I don't know, what I think for what was called the, the crew thing. Got to save up my uh, 2,000 V-Bucks for Boba Fett and Fennec Chan. Bosk. I hope we get a Bosk skin as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just got to wait till the season's over because I don't want to spoil anything for you, Dan. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's us. That's us finished talking about Disney Plus Day. Nothing happened. Um, so that was the originally going to be the plan for the entire episode. But because nothing happened, we had to last minute come up with something else to talk about. So we turned to our our listeners, our friends and listeners um, to give us some topics, some suggestions of topics to talk about. John, you haven't heard any of these. So um, this is really, you know, going to be quick fire thinking on your feet type discussions right here um just for the the rest of the episode we'll keep it fairly short today we're just going to um go through some of these questions and topics give our thoughts there's some fun fun things to talk about here and then uh and then we'll wrap it up does that does that sound like good fun to you yeah sounds fun just test test my uh star wars knowledge off 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 hand see if i'm caught with an actual answer that makes sense just off the top of my head yeah there's no revision this time <laughs> um yeah, let's see how well it goes the first one we got which I, I think i'll bring on first just because we've just been talking about obi-wan kenobi this uh this came on twitter from a uh from a follower we're mutual follow each other distant echoes star wars podcast um, and they they asked us for our, our predictions in the Obi One show, and um, so I'll just I'll fire over to you. I definitely have some predictions. Um, I'll fire over to you, John. What's your your predictions for the Obi One Kenobi show? What you're hoping for, expecting, um, etc. Yeah, good question. I feel like what I I really want to see personally a really emotional story uh, about Obi One's like regrets after Episode Three. You know, like how he is dealing with the burden of looking after Luke, you know, um, and then <clears throat> obviously with the concept art and stuff we've seen now, his face up against Vader. Like, oh, as much as I'm really excited for like an epic showdown on that on that front, I'm really looking forward to maybe getting to see Obi Wan's reaction to Vader, and you know, if he realizes straight away that that is Anakin, like what he's done to him, I think that'd be a really interesting. Uh, thing to cover in the episode of like his guilt about not only because obviously we've seen episode three he's like you know he's, he feels guilty and he about losing Anakin and stuff like that so I think it'd be really interesting to see them take that one step further and like through Obi-Wan's actions and not actions throughout you know the Clone Wars and everything like has led to Anakin becoming this machine monster sort of thing so I'd be really interested to see just basically the emotional side of Obi-Wan Kenobi and in these episodes, obviously alongside great action shots and things like that. But I think the, uh, I think with Star Wars, it's always the best stories when it's not just big bombs and flashing lightsabers and stuff. And you really get into the nitty gritty emotional stuff. So I think that'd be, that's my hopes. Um, I can see them going there. So I put it down as a prediction as well. 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. To be honest, I think that's definitely what I'm looking for from the show. Um, I guess my my sort of thought and prediction is that, like, clearly Obi Wan's going to leave Tatooine, and there has to be a, a reason, a big enough reason for him to leave Tatooine, because obviously his only purpose at this point is to like protect Luke. So for me, is understanding why he leaves Tatooine. I imagine it's because he has to protect, like him leaving Tatooine at that point in time is for Luke's protection or he has to chase down a threat to stop it before it becomes a threat to Luke. So I think that's definitely something that interests me. And I guess my prediction is that it's Inquisitors. I think if I had to make a guess, because obviously one of the concept arts we see an Inquisitor, it looks like they're on Tatooine. So I guess my prediction would be that a Inquisitor or a group of Inquisitors figures out that there's a Jedi on Tatooine and Kenobi has to, I guess, lead them away from Tatooine to deal with them. And then Vader gets involved and then they have their big showdown. Um, I think that's where I'm where I'm leaning and with what I think is going to happen. Um but it's my hope that we see Obi-Wan deal with an Inquisitor first before he then goes on to fight Vader. Um, I think that would be really like, we've never seen an Inquisitor in live action. We've only seen them in books, comics, TV shows, games, but not live action yet. So it'll be exciting to see an Inquisitor, hopefully. And then obviously the big showdown with Vader, as he said, really like dealing with the emotional turmoil that that gives Obi-Wan. But I think the whole show really rests on the reason for the show existing working because obviously like up until now we just thought Obi-Wan was on Tatooine for 20 years looking over Luke but now we know that he's left left Tatooine or we think he's leaving Tatooine um and there needs to be a good reason for that and it needs to make sense for the story and for Obi-Wan's character so for me like an Inquisitor picking up their Jedi's on Tatooine and him thinking damn we can't have them sniffing around old Skywalker farm let's Let's trot them off off world for a bit. I guess that would be my my hope and my prediction for what I think is going to happen. Yeah, that's good uh, good answer. I think one thing I'm really holding out for. I think I'd say uh, I don't know if we're going to see it. I just kind of hope we do because we've got Vader in it and Obi Wan is uh, possibly in some shots they can use like the Charles Soul uh, Vader thing with the his Force. Like, um, how do I describe it? Like how he looks in the force and like maybe like when he's meditating, we can cut to a shot of some similar scenes. So seeing like that beautiful force interpretations from the Charles Soule comics Vader run, uh, maybe like on live action. I think having both Obi-Wan's versions and Vader's versions, like if they're in the same episode together or something, I think that'd be really interesting. But I think that's kind of just a a hoping and dreaming to see that because I think that would be beautiful, but I'm not sure if we'll actually get that. Yeah, that would be good, wouldn't it? Give you know justice to the comics for something awesome that the comics done first. That would be really sick. Yeah, exactly. Give give credit to the comics that so they are they are very well. They're very visually, you know, the storytelling in the comics. I think is very visual. Obviously, it hands quite nicely over TV. So I'd be excited to see if they if they pull in the interpretations from from the comics that I've had over the years because. You know, like the Vader run and stuff like that have been very successful within like, the Star Wars community, I'd say. So it'd be nice to see if they've taken inspiration from those. 
Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But I think it's safe to say we're both pretty excited for Obi-Wan Kenobi. I think this will be one of the one of those Star Wars things that people remember for the rest of their lives, I imagine. So yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited. Very excited. Thanks for the uh for the discussion topic, distant echoes, and uh I hope I hope our predictions are somewhat interesting. <laughs> <laughs> The next one I've got, I don't imagine this will take very long to discuss, but it was a character that I hadn't thought about in a couple of years. So I just thought it would be funny to bring up. Uh, Key Arty Mundy on Twitter simply replied to our tweet with Krennic, Orson Krennic. <laughs> so I guess we could briefly talk about Krennic. Well, John, what's, what's your opinions on Krennic? I haven't thought about Krennic in a long time. Um, where does he stand in your in your ranking of every Star Wars character ever made? Uh, oh, I don't know. Krennic's the one in Rogue One, right? In the white cape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah all right, cool. <clears throat> Testing my Star Wars knowledge off the top of my head there. Um, I mean, I liked, I really like the actor who plays him. Uh, I thought he was he was good. I feel like my most memorable scene of him in the film and the one I love the most is when he gets choked out by Vader. So I guess that doesn't bode very well for his character placement on my on my list. Be careful not um, to choke on your aspirations, director. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I thought he was. I thought he was an interesting character. I think I'd like for them to explore maybe a bit more, like the actual. Uh, I don't know if it's in a book or something. It might be. It's, it's again, testing my Star Wars knowledge. Um, the like debates between him, Thrawn, and Palpatine about the Death Star versus uh, Thrawn's Tie Fighters. Um, I'd love to see a bit more of that, just to see how Krennic tries to explain why he's right in front of the Empire, in front of the Emperor, and gets thrown. Because I imagine that must be quite a quite a debate club. Them three, uh, you don't really want to. It's not something I'd really want to sit and, and do. So I'd, I'd love yeah. to see how he managed it. I have a funny feeling that exact thing happens in the third Thrawn book of the trilogy that we're currently starting. <laughs> Yeah, in um, Thrawn, yeah, in Thrawn Treason, the the scene in Rebels where Thrawn has to go and talk about the Defender project in front of Palps, that happens in the book. Um, and yeah, Krennic continues to be an arsehole. so that's well worth a read. Um, but I mean, for me, I think yeah, I mean, I like him as a character, as a, in the sense of like the role he plays. But the role he plays essentially is a dickhead, and don't don't really like him. Um, but I think he was cool in Rogue One. I hope we see him in Andor because obviously Andor's set before Rogue One, so I'm hoping he appears in it. And all I really want to see is just more scenes of him and Tarkin beefing because I love the scene in Rogue One when him and Tarkin were beefing. We obviously recently read the Darth Vader annual where like him and Tarkin are sort of having like a back and forth and Vader's involved in it. So I I like Krennic as one of those characters who's like pisses off all the other Imperials and I know he got under Thrawn's skin in Thrawn Treason. And I know we got under Tarkin's skin a little bit in Rogue One, so it'd be quite nice to see more of that in something like Andor or like a book. But I know I haven't read it yet, but there's the Catalyst book, which deals with Krennic quite a bit, I think. And I haven't got around to reading that yet, so I'll be interested to read that eventually. But um, I think he's confirmed to appear in Andor. So hopefully we just learn a bit more about him in that. And he just continues to be a... Um, corporate douchebag like he was in Rogue One yeah I mean that's, he kind of just served that purpose in Rogue One didn't he he didn't really have much else going for him it was just 
him shouting about his project, which then Tarkin overtook. So I understand why he was pissed off and uh, in in Rogue One, and but yeah, my favorite scene is him getting choked out by Vader. So that's that's all that's all yeah. is to me. It's just yeah. Vader's bitch. <laughs> so um, yeah. So thank, thanks for that little topic there. It was it's quite funny sometimes when you have to think about a character who you don't think about that much. But um, it made me realise I do want to see some more of Orson Krennic at some point. So hopefully that happens next year. Yeah, never say never. I mean, I don't know what... When is Andor coming out next year? Yeah, next summer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. So maybe we'll see him there. I, I yeah. do like the actor and I think he was played... I think he played him quite well. So yeah. it'd be nice yeah. to see him again in something like that. Definitely. Right, the next one I've got from a good friend of the show, Ben Jessup. Uh, Good, good friend of the show and friend of mine. Um, he asked us for a. Uh, he's, he's had a lightsaber tier list, but it, 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 we don't quite have the time to do a complete tier list. So I'll just simply pose the question of some of our favourite lightsabers. Do you want to go first, John? Give us a couple of your favourite lightsabers in terms of, I guess, design. Um, ben, he uh, he he does a. What was the word for it? Is it product uh, product design, graphic design, whatever you um, the the thing when you design stuff, and he's done some really cool designs of lightsabers uh, on his Instagram, which I should plug, shouldn't I? B dot J designs. There you go. Um, so I, I imagine that's why he's particularly interested in this. So what's your what's some of your favourite lightsaber hilt designs? Um, I think to be honest, it's really boring. I just really like uh, Luke and Obi ones. Like I think the design of them because obviously Luke's based his second lightsaber or the first one he built I suppose off um, Obi Wan's second lightsaber. You know the one the one we all know and love uh, that classic that classic one. I think that's just obviously it's the kind of the first lightsaber you see as opposed to apart from Anakin's one in um, in Star Wars. You know Luke crafting that one for uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Luke's lightsaber is genuinely my favourite design. Um, I think it just looks unbelievable. It's just very beautiful. Uh, and then I guess my other favourite would probably have to be like Darth Maul's, just for the, the sheer unbelievable fabergasting nature of it. When I can, uh, I, I don't know if I saw it in cinema, Phantom um, Mess, I probably was too young. Um, but I can just imagine sitting in the cinema being like, you know, like people that went to go see the original Star Wars in whenever it came out and then going to see in the cinema, see the Phantom Menace and then Darth Maul turns up, you're thinking, wow, who's this fella? And then bam, double-ended lightsaber. I can imagine people falling out of their chairs uh, and just for that sheer coolness alone. Yeah, I'd say Luke and Darth Maul are my two favourite two favorite lightsabers. Yeah, strong answers. I think for me... Like the absolute classic, which I'm always gonna fall back on, is like the OG Skywalker lightsaber. You know, the one that Obi Wan gives Luke in A New Hope, and then he loses his Anakin's lightsaber, and then it ends up being Ray's lightsaber for a while. The sort of I think a lot of people call it Anakin's lightsaber because in hindsight we've learned it's Anakin's, but to me it's always like Luke's. It's always been in my head Luke's lightsaber, like Luke's original lightsaber. Um, just because that's where we, where I first saw it was in a new hope. But, um, I just love the design of that, the, the basic, the simple, the blue, it looks great. Um, so I have to mention that, but I've got two, two sort of more rogue, actually, no three, sorry, 
rogue choices um, that I'm just going to throw in. Um, first one being Count Dooku's. I'm a big fan of Count Dooku's. Like the curved hilt looks really cool. The the way that like Dooku duels with like the, the the one-handed dueling with that curved hilt just looks awesome. Obviously, it's a, a lightsaber fit for a man of Christopher Lee's stature. Um, so yeah, I'm a big fan of Dooku's lightsaber. Um, I actually really like Ray's lightsaber. The her, her new one that she gets at the end of Rise of Skywalker, which we see for like a second. I think the hilt being made out of her old staff from Jakku is awesome. Um, the the yellow, like the goldy yellow, just looks really, really sick. And the way that she like ignites it on the hilt just looks really awesome. Um, been playing a bit of Battlefront 2 recently. And when you run around as Ray with her yellow lightsaber, it's just really satisfying because it just looks awesome. So that is one that I personally really, really like. And then my my third rogue one, just to throw it in, um, is not one specifically, but just the general, the High Republic lightsabers. Any of the High Republic lightsabers that we've seen on covers or in comics, they all look awesome. Like you've got Stellan and Avars, which has got like really nice cross guards on it, but they're not like cross guards like Kylo's. They're sort of like contained inside the hilt. It's difficult to describe, but they look awesome. And like the lightsabers are a lot more sort of like golds and whites as opposed to like silvers and greys, um, sort of symbolizing that higher time of the Jedi. Um, so just a special shout out to the design of the High Republic lightsabers because they do look really, really awesome. Yeah, that's a good shout actually. Some of the High Republic <clears throat> lightsabers are are great. I mean, there's double-ended ones, there's white ones. <laughs> Some of the hilts, as you were just saying there, look, at, look fantastic. So... Oh yeah, I do actually really enjoy that. The the more broad uh, designs in the High Republic, I think it, it does definitely symbolise the more superior and um, like freer, more broad sense of the Jedi in that era. So yeah, that's just, that's a really good shout. Yeah, yeah, and I think one day I'm hoping that we'll get some actual like High Republic lightsabers made that can be purchased because I will definitely be getting one of them. Like Avars in particular looks really, really cool. So I might have to cop that one day if they make one. <laughs> yeah, same actually. Yeah. It does actually look really nice. Um, and then I guess my, my one last little shout out for a design, which I actually don't think is a very nice design at all, but it's in the hands of one of my favorite characters. So I just got to mention it is Ezra's <laughs> first lightsaber, which is like half blaster, half lightsaber. I think it's ridiculous. It doesn't actually look that cool, but it's just nostalgia for me of just like how much I love Ezra as a character and his progression from being an annoying kid to a Jedi. It's very much symbolized in his lightsaber journey as well. So that first lightsaber that Ezra has is a bit of a meme, but at the same time, it's, it is quite cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you said that because I absolutely hated that lightsaber. I was very, very <laughs> glad when... Is it Vader destroys it? I think, so. yeah, I think it's end of second season that it breaks. Yeah, there's either Maul or Vader, I think. Yeah, yeah. thank God. Um, and then he gets this cool green one, um, which is much better. It is green, isn't it? Yeah, come on, yeah. what am I thinking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should be questioning that. Ezra's my boy. <laughs> um, and then one other... One other sort of, I guess this is, could be quite a big topic, but we'll keep it quite small from Ben, the same person who gave us the lightsaber question, was any dream ideas for a, for a Disney Plus show which hasn't yet been announced? Um, I can go first there. I think my very obvious 
and probably expected answer would be some sort of Thrawn Ezra show, you know, based in those five years, no more than five years, like 10 years that they've been missing in the unknown regions. Like I want to know what, what they got up to. Did they sort of like team up like unlikely allies? Um, or did they just like run away from each other? What on earth happened there? Any opportunity to spend more time with Ezra and Thrawn, I'm going to love. But I think that that's probably something that we are going to get because Filoni is going to want to do that. So I'll put that one to the side. My genuine answer would be a High Republic show. 100% a High Republic show. Come on. That'd be so sick. I'm thinking set before Light of the Jedi, Load and Great Storm, Bell Zetafar, Master and Apprentice show of like, Bell has just become Loden's Padawan. So he's like quite young. Um, and it's just the two of them travel around the galaxy, kicking ass. Loden's like lobbing Bell off the top of mountains, trying to get him to learn how to catch himself at the bottom, but he keeps on failing. Um, you know, their Padawan relationship in Light of the Jedi is one of my favorite aspects of that book. Obviously, we can't really do anything post Light of the Jedi. High Republic wise, because the books are covering that. So pre Light of the Jedi, Loden Greatstorm, Bell's Etafar, Master and Apprentice show on Disney Plus. Give it to me, please. Yeah, that's a good show, actually. My first my first thought when you read out that question was uh, like a High Republic show. When it, um and my thought went to uh like Avar Chris and like Elzar as like Padawans. Like um I thought I think that'd be a really interesting show to see. Yeah, a raunchy show as well. <laughs> 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 yeah no one else are. um but then i was like oh actually if we're going to do someone's like padawan days i was like i really want to see like on the show like more training under power team uh i think that would be unbelievably interesting i think that would, there'd be badass scenes in there and i think it'd help to really develop more as like a Character similar to like Vader, because obviously Vader's a dick. Everyone knows Vader's a dick, like one of the most evilest people in the galaxy. But yet, you still feel sorry for him. I'm kind of I want I want more to get that same sort of credit because you know, taken as a child and raised under Palpatine, like no wonder we get to see him in the Phantom Menace and beyond, and he's a bit of an ass. Uh, so yeah, I just like to see how Palpatine actually wanted to train and raise more to be the Sith assassin we get to see him in by the Phantom Menace. Yeah, that would be really cool because then you could incorporate the Night Sisters into that as well, which would be awesome mm. to see in live action. Um, yeah, I agree. There was a, there's a five issue Maul comic. I think it's just called Darth Maul, which kind of deals a little bit of sort of Maul and Sidious, but sort of closer to Phantom Menace um, with him like killing his first Jedi. And it's quite cool. It's quite a cool little comic. It's quite interesting. But I would like, as you were saying, something that deals with like Maul maybe sort of at the beginning, like kid mole being turned evil would be pretty traumatic but exciting to watch i think yeah like, i'd want some scenes of like mole that you've been like a year in maybe two years in i still got maybe that like childhood innocence in him and then palpatine just comes in like absolutely crushes it uh, and turns him into the absolute heartless assassin we, we find him in that we all know and love Jeez. by the time we get to see him yeah yeah and no, that'd be really cool Oh, yeah, geez. I think my only other suggestion just to chuck in here for the for for my uh, Bosk stands out there would be a, a Bosk show. <laughs> I don't know what it would be about. I don't know why it would even exist, but I just want a show, six episode, episode mini series 
about Bosk um, on the hunt for like the greatest bounty he's ever had. And you've got all those elements of like Trandoshan culture in there with like the scorekeeper and him trying to honor the scorekeeper by getting good clean kills in the hunt. I don't know, him chucking gas at people, the dioxys gas. I just, I, I think it would be something that would never happen and it probably shouldn't happen. But who would not watch a show about an evil lizard killing people? I mean, come on. Yeah, I think you could almost do like a, um, like a Star Wars, like, nature documentary, but then it's being run by Bosk. So you'll have an episode and, like, you run, have a quick run through of, like, some weird alien creature on this planet, and then Bosk comes in and just kills it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get David Attenborough in to actually do the narration. And then yeah. Bosk just eats a pork at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah. I think that'd be a, that'd be. <sighs> Interesting to find out more about the Star Wars universe and then, yeah, keep the boss stands happy because he comes in at the end and just mucks whatever creature they're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, that's horrific, but also awesome. Just I've actually just had one which has just hit my head, which I don't think will ever happen because I just rarely see comic characters getting translated into live action. But uh, a Doctor Afra Disney Plus series would be really cool because she's obviously got that Indiana Jones sort of vibe to her character just like breaking into tombs and stealing sort of ancient artifacts which sort of link back to like the history of the galaxy and stuff like that and i think that could be a really cool series of just full-on star wars indiana jones dr afra um you know stealing stuff from tombs and using it as a way to learn a little bit more about like jedi and sith lore that could be pretty cool i know it won't happen but i could hope yeah, that would be actually cool, quite cool, actually. Incorporating the um, <clears throat> uh, like Indiana Jones bit of, of Afra, I think, would actually be really interesting. That's good. a good shout there. Tie it in nicely to Jedi Fallen Order, get some more stuff about the Zepho, like those Zepho tombs and stuff. That could be quite oh, cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good shout, good shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, those are a couple of suggestions for, for Disney Plus shows. Moving on. We've got a couple more, couple more topics. These these two come from a good good friend of mine and and a fan of the show, Don Bergham. He's uh, he's asked us what we want to happen in Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett season one. Um, do you want to go first, John? What are you what are you really hoping for? I guess this is less predictions, more just like your unrealistic hopes and dreams for the first season of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett. Uh... I just really actually want to see Boba Fett like over the course of the series just become like an absolute like uh, underground warlord. You know, like how Jabba the Hutt is at the end. Uh, you know, we see Jabba the Hutt being like, people are scared of him. You know, you don't mess with like Jabba the Hutt. Uh, just the sheer mention of his name, you know, send people running uh, through, through fear of what like you're going to get if you like cross him. And that's just what I basically want. Uh, to see at the end of the show, just Boba Fett being an absolute, um, like the kingpin of the underground uh, sort of thing. And just, I just want to see how far I can take it. I want him to like, all the underground organisations, you know, uh, trying to think of some off the top of my head, but I've forgotten them completely. But I just want all of them to answer to Boba Fett by the end of it. And anyone that crosses him throughout the series just gets brutally murdered in a badass Boba Fett way. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really cool. I think I think my my answer is probably something that I don't think is going to happen. 
Um, because I think they're probably going down the, the more mature route of telling a story similar to what you were saying of him sort of really taking over the underground and maybe doing it in a different way to Jabba the Heart, maybe slipping into the old traps of ending up like a brutal ruler like Jabba the Heart. Um, so I do, I don't think this is what they're going to do. But what I would love <laughs> is a show where Boba Fett is trying to, you know, take control of all these territories and the, suddenly a load of bounty hunters catch wind of what he's doing and they decide, nah, we're not having this. Boba Fett's been a thorn in our side for many years. So Cad Bane, IG-88, Forlom, Zuckus, Dengar, and of course Bosk, all, they don't team up, just individually, one per episode. <laughs> just try to come and kill Boba and Boba just has to fight them off one by one. And then obviously, you know, the final episode could just be that the final showdown between Boba and Cad Bane. That'd be awesome. Second to last episode, Boba versus Bosk. You know, they've had quite a few fights in their days. You know, the last time they bumped into each other, Boba blew Bosk's legs off. So Bosk is probably ready for some revenge. Um, I'd like to see him fight the likes of Forlom, Zuckus, IG-88. I don't think this is going to happen because I think Dave Filoni probably has better storytelling capabilities than just like, here's another bounty hunter for Boba Fett to fight. But the, the, the person inside of me who just wants to bang action figures together and say, boom, boom, would just love to see Boba Fett fight <laughs> all the bounty hunters who he's ever met throughout his life, just because it would be carnage. And it would be very fun. And if they can find a way to do that whilst also telling a fun and intriguing story about the underworld and Boba Fett's journey as a character, count me in. That would be the, the best. Yeah, I mean, that's not a bad shout, to be honest. Um, if they can incorporate that into alongside some interesting storytelling, because um, obviously I'm sure Dave Filoni and, and uh, John Favreau and that won't, won't dare just put out such a basic show of is yeah, two like action figures smashing against each other. Uh, but I'm sure if they could they could get that alongside some interesting storytelling, that would be that would be phenomenal. It'd be nice to see Boba Fett have some uh have some justice. Because I mean the last time we saw him pre-Mandorian, he was just flying about like a Muppet into some Sarlacc pit. So uh be nice for him to in live action to get get the credit he deserves and to uh, see where he actually got the reputation uh, that we see him in when we first see him in uh empire yeah yeah i mean in all seriousness like i obviously do want to see some of the other classic bounty hunters show up and i do reckon a couple of them will bosk obviously is the one i want to see the most but i would like them to be incorporated in an interesting way i do want to see boba have to fight at least one bounty hunter my my praise every my prayers every single day are that it's going to be boba versus bosk that's what i want to see more than anything particularly after the war of the bounty hunters comic where the two of them <clears throat> have a good scrap you know bosk was there as sort of a mentor when he was younger and now he's older and he's a badass and he's ruling this empire of criminals i think it would be cool for you know a bit of revenge who knows but there's one little tidbit that i do want to see in Book of Boba Fett and I don't think it's going to be mentioned specifically but I do think it could be potentially teased um, and this is a very book specific thing but in Bloodline, the Claudia Gray book which is about Princess Leia well, General Organa Senator Organa um, like 10 years before The Force Awakens she meets this um, I think he said a Nikto 
crime lord called Rin Riven D, who's like doing all sorts of criminal stuff. He's basically like taken over like the underworld pretty much. Um, but what you sort of what the book sort of reveals is that his story sort of entwined with sort of the growing first order. And I think it'd be interesting because obviously this show is gonna tell us the story of like Boba Fett sort of taking over the under underworld, and then we know that it's sort of in I guess another 15 to 20 for another 15 years time, he won't be the big boss of the underworld that this other guy, this Nikto guy is going to be a much bigger presence. So I guess like a little hint perhaps as to sort of what might've happened there, maybe a little cameo of this, this character, the only people in the books will be like, Oh, I know that guy. That's Rin Riven D he's important. in that Claudia Gray book um, would recognize, I don't think it's going to happen. But again, I think, the the first order's rise to power is very tied up into like the criminal underworld because they were operating, you know, outside of the republic. So some teases to that could be very interesting. I, I don't I don't think it will happen, but if it did, my nerd brain my nerd brain would explode, and I'd be very satisfied. Yeah, you just reminded me actually. You were talking about that uh, that other crime lord there is. I'd, I'd love to have an episode of Book of Boba Fett where I was these me and my crime lords and all that sort of jazz and it just ends up Hondo just ends up showing up and it's just like there because I think that would be hilarious I mean I, I don't think oh, he's yeah. dead by dead by this point is he? no he's not he's alive because he's yeah. in he's in Galaxy's Edge which is set like 20 years later so he is alive and kicking about nice yeah I'd just I'd love an episode where Boba Fett has to you know, go up against Hondo and just try and work out that absolute <laughs> I don't know, sleaze bag of a pirate. I think that would just be an absolutely hilarious episode. You've got Boba Fett who's very serious in his approach to things, isn't he? And then you've just got Hondo who's just, I don't know, the, the Captain Jack Sparrow of the Star Wars universe. I think that would just be hilarious. I mean, if there's anywhere in live action that would be perfect for Hondo to appear, it would be Book of Boba Fett shortly. Mm. You know, just Boba Fett having like a shipment of stuff stolen by pirates and then he goes to single-handedly sort them out and it happens to be hondo and his crew <laughs> um and then he's like he doesn't end up killing hondo because he's just he finds a use for him or something i don't know i think that'd be pretty awesome yeah that'd be unbelievable just just I mean, hearing hondo's voice <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god yeah so basically, we have a lot of hopes for the show, but we'll be we'll enjoy it whatever happens. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. And if Honor doesn't show up, then that would that would be sad. But we can hope and pray. I'm still fingers crossed for Hondo and Babatch season two. I'm still thinking that's when it's going to happen next. Yeah, I mean, I had a quick, I quickly googled Hondo just to double check he hadn't died while I was just speaking there. And uh, I was just looking at after galactic civil war events and I was only briefly like barely reading what it said here. And it said at some point after the battle of Endor, a portrait of a Naka or Hondo was hung inside the uh, castle on Takadana. And I didn't really read the sentence properly. And I thought it said at some point after the battle of Endor, uh, Hondo was hung. And I was like, Jesus. Jeez. I was like, no, not my boy. <laughs> yeah, no, no you can. Right. It's a portrait. It's you can, I think you can see the, the painting of him in Battlefront 2. And you go to yeah, Mazda's yeah. castle, yeah. yeah oh, Hondo the goat. What a man. Yeah, what, Hopefully we see him. <laughs> um, and then this is a, another one from, from Dom. I think 
we have to try and keep this one to a fairly five minute discussion here because this could easily be a two hour discussion which needs its own podcast which i think would be good to do at some point in the future maybe with some guests but star wars film or star wars tv which is better jeez it's a big question that's a loaded question um i'll give them i'll give my very quick answer and then i'll pass (laughs) over to you i for me the films are always going to be like the pinnacle particularly the original trilogy because that for me is like that's where my love of star wars started that's where star wars started luke han leia chewie r2-3po are like you know that they are when i picture star wars i picture them on the falcon on their adventures so i do absolutely love the original trilogy and all like the majority of the films i love in some way or another um however i do think in terms of like just like consistent quality I think that the TV is starting to overtake the films at this point in terms of just like pure consistent quality. Like the Clone Wars, whilst it got off to a wobbly start, you know, is a pretty fantastic, consistent show. Rebels for me, I think is like one of the most perfect things Star Wars has ever done. I absolutely adore Rebels. Mandalorian's been great. Bad Batch was great. There's a lot more TV coming. I think by the time that we've had like Book of Boba Fett, you know Obi-Wan Kenobi I think there could probably be a pretty justified argument that Star Wars TV is stronger um but I think the film's always gonna have that special place in my heart but you know TV's up there it's pretty OP when it, when you look at the TV what, you, what I mean what's your thoughts yeah I mean I, I think I agree with you to be honest um obviously Star Wars was the original Star Wars of films and you know you I think the first things you should watch in Star Wars is the films, and that's where you develop your love for the characters, the story, and like the whole universe. Um, <clears throat> but I think personally, I would I do prefer the, the TV shows to like sit and watch. And I think, especially going forward, anything extra I want to see in Star Wars, I'd rather see it in like a TV show. So if it was like as we were just saying earlier about like uh, that question, it was like it was like what TV show do you want to see Plus and Andrew mentioned that like, I wouldn't want to see that in a film because you know in a film you've only got two hours two and a half hours and stuff and I think where we're at with Star Wars now it being such a broad universe um there's so many stories to tell and things I think it's just so much better to have whatever you're trying to tell in a tv show just to give it the detail and, and the attention it needs um which I think is probably why the tv shows you know you can everyone loves the films and stuff but if you Really, um, for me personally, if I really think about that, I do prefer, I'd rather sit and watch all the TV shows just because you can get so much more of a story out of it. Like, no discredit to the films and stuff, but I think they are obviously limited by the time they can put into the storytelling. So I think, yeah, TV, me personally, TV shows, but yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of different reasons why for each one. And yeah, as you said, we could probably spend a few hours talking about it. Yeah, it'd be good to have like that discussion with, sort of like a group on a podcast at some point and really uh, nail down the nitty gritty because there's definitely pros and cons to both. But yeah, as you were saying, TV's just been so consistent for actually for such a long time when you think about it. So the future of Star Wars looks like it's going to be on TV or at least on streaming. So yeah, uh, I'm a big fan. I must admit, you know, like Solo I love as a film, but I do think Solo would have been a better TV show than it was a film if you get what i mean 
I think Solo would have worked better as like the story we got spread over six episodes with like more story afterwards. Well, I think so. Um, yeah, big up Star Wars TV, been killing it. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, we've been we've been blessed over the last few years with Star Wars TV. I mean, obviously, you had the Clone Wars finale, Mandalorian, Rebels. Um, I think that's it off the top of my head. Don't but, forget yeah, Resistance, I mean, John. Oh, how could I forget that? Um, See what one day I'm gonna have to one day I'm gonna have to force you to like watch Resistance just for this podcast, (laughs) and then have like have some detailed discussions about the about the program. (laughs) I mean, you can try. I mean, I'll watch it. I won't. I won't actually slag it off or anything because I haven't actually seen it. So I have literally no justification to not like it. But uh, just from what I've seen, it doesn't interest me. But. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely the weakest, the weakest of Star Wars TV. But I also just stand by that I don't think it's a bad show. I just think it's more targeted at children, whereas Rebels Clone Wars is definitely targeted at both children and adults. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. I suppose just because we've had such great um, Star Wars shows in recent years, it's probably hard to love them all and all be absolutely fantastic. So even if it's not great, I'm sure it's it's good for those who it's targeted for, I suppose. Yeah. Right. I've got one last question to, to round up this episode. Um, and this is from a good friend of the two of us, uh, Joe Daniel, and the important question of what would happen if a Wookiee and a Toy Dorian made a baby? <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I mean, this is this is an important question that probably needs answered for for reference for anyone who's listening who might not know obviously a Wookiee I'm assuming you know is you know Chewbacca that's the species Toydarians um the the one that we've seen on screen is Watto from A Phantom Menace they're the small little things with wings and long noses um and and Joe is asking us what what would happen if the two of them made a baby um because I don't want to answer this, I'm going to pass over to John and let him do it for me. <laughs> uh, I, I'm i going to answer about this. I mean, it just, obviously, uh, it just depends who's got the stronger genes, I suppose. Because when your parents met you, you know, you have some people have blue eyes, depending on what genes in their parents' DNA, your brown hair, all that, et cetera. I'm wondering if the similar thing applies to uh, the two alien species we're discussing. So, Maybe you might end up with like a water looking fella with covered in hair, or maybe a Wookiee with little wings. A Wookiee with wings. To, <laughs> probably wouldn't be able to actually fly anywhere because Wookiees are big <laughs> and heavy. Um, maybe just a Wookiee with a huge nose. I mean, the, the answer is endless, to be honest. And the more I think about it, the more I never want to touch anything to do with Star Wars ever again. <laughs> I think my answer is I don't think it would ever happen. I just, biologically, I don't think. I mean, we don't really know the answer to if there is like cross-species breeding in Star Wars. And we haven't actually ever had an answer about that. And it would be an answer that I think we need at some point. But let's just say it does happen. My prediction is the size of the offspring will be halfway between a Wookiee and a Toy Dorian. So it'd be like a, I reckon it'd be like the size of like a baby Wookiee, but permanently. I think it would have fur. I think it would have the long Toydarian nose and a set of small wings that are complete, as you said, completely unfunctional. Like they're there 
but they don't actually help the Wookiee fly. Um, and I think that's what it would look like. I think it would be horrific. Um, but I think they would be a, a, a 100% force-sensitive species. So all of them <laughs> would go on to be very strong Jedi Masters. I mean, obviously, I mean, there's, there's no other... I think that's just a 100% fact. I mean, it's quite the question. Uh, it's something that I don't think has been fully explored in Star Wars as of yet. Um, so that'll be interesting to see if any uh, creative people want to give that a go in the next few Star Wars projects. Although if I'm sure if they do, they'd probably never be able to touch Star Wars again. <laughs> I think the <laughs> so only person... Was- the only person I could see realistically doing this would be the High Republic writer, Daniel Jose Old. I think he's the only one who I think would have the balls to breed a Wookiee and a Toydarian. And I could see him doing it in a comic just because he's crazy and brilliant. But that would be my only prediction of a writer who would be <laughs> brave enough to do it. But I mean, please let us know. Has there been any examples in Star Wars canon of legitimate crossbreeding between alien species i'm not aware of any is there does it happen we need to know is this a question for uh, george lucas or for pablo hidalgo uh you know can we get answers in the future you know could we have like a wookie breed with a geonosian or a, <laughs> a gungan breed with a ethorian i mean you know these are answers that i think everyone would be dying to know and you know maybe we need like a an 18 plus Star Wars show, which is specifically a documentary dealing with the sexual biology of various alien species. And, you know, maybe they don't have the same organs as humans do. We don't know. So answers would be appreciated. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a question that I'm going to be like, I'm going to leave up to the creative people at Lucasfilm to come up with an answer for me because I don't really want to think about it. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's 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 various different you know stuff to do with um, different species and breeding. Like obviously, Genotians, you know, they have like the queen and the larva, the larvae, and that sort of thing. So they have answered some of this in Star Wars, but the specific question of two different alien species breeding has not yet been answered, in my knowledge. Unless it has, in which case, I would like to know. Because um, I mean, have we even seen like a like a relationship in Star Wars between like a human and a non-human. I can't, I can't think, have we? Am I just forgetting something really obvious? I don't think so. And you can't Twi'leks as human because then you got... Um, oh, Hera and Kanan. Yeah, no, that's yeah. true. And the Twi'leks are, I guess they're like a humanoid species, aren't they? But they're still technically an alien species because yeah. they're, they, um, because they're alien enough to be treated with racism, which in Star Wars is like the big racial thing. It's like humans don't like aliens. And I know Twi'leks get a lot of it. So I guess Kanan and Hera, but they're their baby. I'm trying to remember their baby looked like a Twi'lek, didn't it? Did it have a Twi'lek? I can't remember. I can't remember. No, it didn't have the the Twi'lek thingies, did it? No, I don't don't think so off the top of my head. Well, it's been a while since I watched it. Well, there you go. That that for our listeners is something for you to think about for the for the next week and to haunt you whilst you sleep is the thought of crossbreeding in Star Wars and more specifically a Wookiee and a Toy Darian. So there you go. That's that's gonna wrap up this week's episode. <laughs> 
Thanks, Joe, yes. for that brilliant question. Star Wars universe is ever intricate and expanding. If you uh, if you want if you want further clarity on that question, you can directly message Joe on his Instagram account, which is Howling Tapes. So um, just uh, send him a direct message if you want his answer to that question. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure he'd give you a very interesting answer as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's everything for today. Obviously, as we said, we didn't have much Disney Plus Day news to talk about, so we just took a couple of suggestions from some of our listeners. So if anyone, so for those of you who sent stuff in, excluding Joe, thank you very much. Those were great and interesting questions. It was fun just to have some random discussions about random topics on today's episode. Yeah, it's just nice to to yeah get what other people want to hear about star wars and uh like i guess just goes to show like what parts of star wars are interesting to other people that they want us to talk about like you obviously got ben was asking about lightsabers because he's uh, does the design is interested about that you had uh i can't remember the name of the podcast but just asked us it wasn't just a one word tweet it was just like krennic so i'm assuming krennic is important to, to um that person so it's nice to see that they want us to talk about the things that are interesting to them yeah, exactly. And it'd be good to do something like this again in the future. Um, it would also be fun at some point down the line to get some guests on and to talk weird Star Wars with whatever weirdness they want to bring to the table. So hopefully that'll happen at some point down the line. Yeah, hopefully. Um, but yeah, that's it for today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, um, make sure you like, follow, subscribe to our podcast on whatever podcast app you use so you don't miss an episode. We release episodes once a week, every weekend. Um, so stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram at Live from Vader's Castle. I dropped my pen. Uh, Instagram at Live from Vader's Castle. Twitter at Vader's Castle Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, Live from Vader's Castle. Also, we also have a Twitch, which I streamed for the first time on last night. <laughs> All right, <laughs> which is which is just live from Vader's Castle. Yeah, you know, I, I streamed like two hours of me playing Skyrim last night. <laughs> All right, so we should have up some battlefront on that. Yeah, we should actually we should keep it on brand. Yeah, keep it on brand. I don't know why I did Skyrim. I was just bored and I was playing Skyrim. I was like, oh, I might stream this. Um, but yeah, might might run some battlefront on there at some point. So uh, follow that as well if you like Twitch. And um, yeah, that's everything from me, John. Take us away. Yeah, uh, thank you very much for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.